My Life as a Celebrity Lookalike is the real life telling of Stephen Sims' journey of looking like Jonah Hill from 2007 to 2010. This podcast has been created to share the unique story of looking like a celebrity lookalike. In no way has this podcast been created to disparage, humiliate, or destroy Jonah Hill. Episode 5 of My Life as a Celebrity Lookalike, and I'm the guy that used to be a celebrity lookalike, Steven Sims, with my co-host, Josh Larkin. I uh, That was your cue, Josh. I was trying to think of a clever title for myself, and that's the juxtaposition of you and I in these roles. You used to be a celebrity lookalike. I never made it to the point where I used to be anything. I've just always been... Meh? Josh Larkin? Josh Larkin! Welcome, Josh. Welcome to the party. Hey, everybody. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, this is My Life as a Celebrity Lookalike, as we said. I'm Steven Sims, along with Josh Larkin. Josh Larkin. Anyone ever call you Josh Larkin? Uh, I actually did make a good friend of mine because during popcorn reading in uh, uh, 2001, yeah, it was the nine, the class I was in during 9-11, actually, a good friend of mine uh, called me Joe Schlarkin. Uh, and it got to the point where even his mother called me Joe, and then Schlarkin was the last name. All right, so I'm Stephen Sims along with Joe Schlarkin, and we're here to give you my life as a celebrity lookalike and this is our podcast this is episode five we are actually over the hump as they would say we gave you the full rundown of what happened the early early days in la looking like jonah hill destroying jonah hill not succeeding with destroying jonah hill i'm kidding it was a movie and uh that kind of brings us up to the summer of 2008 josh what were you doing the summer of 2008 well, as you mentioned, this is uh, over the hump. So we're both in the slow decline at this point. We've already hit the peak of our lives and we are now headed downhill. Uh, I, in the summer of 2008, am planning birthday parties for my daughter's one year birthday. It was a good summer. It was uh, Obama was running for president. Uh, it was the summer of hope, if I remember correctly. And uh, myself, Michael Roach and Dylan Stern just finished making Destroying Jonah Hill. We released it in the spring of 2008, and I will tell you what it did, Josh. It did not change our lives. Uh, I know it got at least a couple views on Facebook because uh, I showed the trailer to like everybody that I knew because I was like, hey, look, this is that guy that I went to college with. This is that guy. This is the movie that he's doing. Unaware that the trailer basically was the movie that you had done, but... I expected, you know, I with you thought something was going to come of this. We were hoping that someone would want to finance a bigger version of Destroying Jonah Hill. And I guess when I say that we didn't, uh, our lives didn't change, I feel like instead of Apatow receiving the DVD, looking at it, putting it in the DVD player, again, 2007, 2008, watching it and being like, holy shit, I got to work with these guys. He instead just threw it in the trash. That's what I assume happened. I don't even know if he threw it in the trash. Someone threw it in the trash. 
I think that's the dreams of being like young in your 20s, you know, like I look back now and the only thing I want about my 20s is like my body because I was like young and fit. But then I remember it's because I didn't have money to eat. So I was not like fit. I was malnourished and starving slowly. But when you have something that could be a break, you want to look at it with that optimism of like, he is going to call us and he's going to be like, Stephen Sims, I want you. I want the whole Falco Films crew, all of you in my office tomorrow. But that doesn't happen. It did not happen. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> didn't happen. And, uh, you know, I thought my days of looking like Jonah Hill were over. I thought it was, uh, I mean, I, I knew he would be around. I knew he wasn't going anywhere. I think he had, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, he had a small role in that shortly after. And he had a couple other things that he did. I believe Cyrus was one of the films he did. In the fall of 2008, there was a movie filming in Los Angeles that was directed by Judd Apatow called Funny People. And funny thing, Josh, I was so obsessed with working for Judd Apatow and being a part of the Apatow universe and the, that crew that I knew about funny people months before it started filming. Somehow I got my hands on a copy of the script and I just was like obsessed with everything Apatow was doing. Digging through Judd Apatow's trash, trying to get your DVD back. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get my DVD back in the, <laughs> oh, the, for the next one, <laughs> the Apatow, the dumpster behind Apatow productions. But while I'm in the dumpster digging behind Apatow productions, for, looking for my DVD and finding the script, uh, I at some point came across a central casting uh, post. And are you familiar with what central casting is? I am vaguely aware because I had, you know, the grandiose dreams. I knew of casting agencies and like central casting is like one of the largest is what I know of. They were. They're the, they're the top dog in uh, in Hollywood, so to speak. At least they were then back when I was doing the whole stand in and acting scene and i you know what takes us back to our previous episode was that i thought they reached out to me this is the like delusional part of the whole podcast like i thought they were reaching out to me but i looked back on emails and i certainly reached out to them and i pulled up the emails and i was hoping i could share it with us yeah, I would love to see this, especially because I can I can see that kind of whitewashing when you tell other people the story that it just you told that story like, oh, they reached out to me. They reached out to me. And then it's like, forget that. Oh, wait, no, I definitely sent them an email. <laughs> yeah. And I and, you know, there's other acting opportunities that I had where they did reach out to me. And I don't know if I'm getting them mixed up, but. This, in fact, on Thursday, September 25th, 2008, I wrote an email to a woman named Wendy Washbrook at Central Casting. And I said, Dear Wendy, my name is Stephen Sims. I am responding to the Jonah Hill photo double stand-in, which was posted by Central Casting. I recently acted in an independent short entitled Destroying Jonah Hill, where I played a struggling actor who has the unfortunate luck of being a dead ringer for Jonah Hill. The short is available to download at www.destroyingjonahill.com. There you can also find photos of myself during filming. Now, first off, big mistake on my part here. I'm going to cut in for a second. I'm telling Wendy Washbrook, the, uh, let's see what her title is, the senior casting director at Central Casting, to go to a website and look for my photos. <laughs> no I'm, attachment in this email? No, there's two attachments, but I still, it's just like, anyway. 
If you want brand- to see me in that particular shirt. Yeah, if, if you, you want to take, if you have time out of your day to see me in this 13 minute movie trailer, go right ahead. Um, I continue by saying, I currently have short, light brown hair and a beard, a lot like Jonah at this year's VMAs. Oh. My height and weight are still the same, which from a meeting with Jonah last fall is much, <laughs> much of the same as him. I look forward to hearing from you and hopefully working with you soon. Thank you, Steven Sims. I like that you slipped in casually your meeting with Jonah Hill. Well, I love how I actually think that just saying that I met Jonah Hill and yes, in fact, we are the same height and stature is like, yes, let's cast him right away. Let's bring him in. Cancel everybody else. Steve yeah. Sims just sent me an email. Go to this website. Check it out. So I sent two photos. One photo is me, how I currently looked. And then one photo was from Destroying Jonah Hill. And she wrote back a few hours later and said, Thanks, Stephen. Questions. How tall are you? Obviously. What coat size do you wear? Are you wearing a wig in the second photo? Which we know I wasn't because Destroying Jonah Hill was my natural hair. <laughs> are you wearing a wig? <laughs> how long would it take you to grow your hair to be in the second photo? Thanks. I reply with Wendy. Thank you for the quick response. I reply like 30 seconds later, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the answers to your questions are below. I'm 5'7". I'm a 40, 46 coat. No, I'm not wearing a wig. That is my hair. It's naturally curly. My hair grows rather fast and should be curly in the next few weeks. If anything else is needed, let me know. And then I send her links to like my MySpace and my Blogspot and... <laughs> There's <laughs> my Just, personal thoughts. Yeah. My family's tripod page. She asks, Have you ever stood in before? I've stood in for several national commercial spots. I've also done stand in work for CBS this past winter. Okay, now let me let me jump in here again. I stood in for several national commercial spots. Yes, that is true. But that is when I worked as a production assistant back in Pittsburgh at Mindover Media, and they were filming commercial spots, and they needed the production assistant slash guy that held the boom pole to stand in. So yeah, so there was that. You're not standing in for somebody; you're just standing. I'm just standing on you're a mark. Standing yeah, in frame. And then the second one was, uh, I say, I also done stand and work for CBS this past winter. That was me living in the Big Brother house. Okay, so this is a side story. I don't even know if you know this, Josh. In the fall of 2007, there was a writer's strike. The WGA went on a writer's strike, and all scripted sitcoms and shows went down. So in the winter of 2007, 2008, CBS decided to do a winter season of Big Brother. And supposedly, every time before they filmed Big Brother in the house up on the Radford lot in uh, Burbank or wherever that is, Valley Village, they bring in a bunch of PAs to act as stand-ins and live in the house for like 15 hours or something. Just to like check kind of like blind spots or check the lighting, just to do technical checks, I think probably to do story checks, probably to uh, edit stuff together. You know, I really don't know the details. We were hired as PAs. We didn't spend the night or they'd have to pay us a different rate. Um, they have to pay us like a SAG rate, I'm sure. But again, I'm saying that I was a stand-in for CBS. I lived in the Big Brother house and played the game for six days. <laughs> Wendy Washbook got she got played like a fiddle. <laughs> she fell for it. Well, hey, I mean, you you stood in the house, so like you were you were there for CBS. You nothing says that you have to tell the truth on your resume. That's a, a the not something that the FBI cares about. 
Well, this is just such a Hollywood thing, too, because these weren't lies, but they were just extended. You know, they were just they were just amplified, you know, put fake lashes on your jobs. That's all I did. I put fake lashes on lipstick on a pig, as I would say. Um, Wendy writes back. Awesome. Thank you. I'm going to send your info to the AD, the assistant director tonight. Thank you, Wendy. I look forward to hearing from you. Oh, and this conversation continues on the next day, September 26, 2008. Almost 24 hours later. Hey, Stephen, can you go on an interview on Tuesday to meet the DP, director of photography, on Funny People? They loved your picture. I told them you were willing to let your hair grow. So they thought it would be good to meet you right away so you can grow it for when Jonah works first. Let me know. Wendy, I'm available Tuesday. If you just let me know at time, meeting location, if there's anything I need to bring, I'll be great. Thanks again. The whole goddamn day, Wendy, whatever you need. I'll bring a kidney and a sack. Great. I will call you on Monday. It will probably be around 10 a.m. in Malibu where we are shooting. I will confirm Monday. If I don't call you by Monday, feel free to send me an email or call me. The only thing you could bring that will help is a picture of you as Jonah that you sent me. And I probably was like, fuck, I'll bring a DVD. (laughs) Well, it's funny because, you know, where what happened after this email, after she contacted me on Monday, is I I took the day off from my job, drove up to Malibu. And it's like so, you know, like entourage, Vinny Chase without the entourage. Like, here I am in my Ford Focus, driving up to Malibu, going to the set of funny people. I'm going to probably meet Judd Apatow. I'm going to meet the DP. Who the hell? Who cares who the DP is? But I'm going to meet the DP. Long story short, the DP actually happened to be Janusz Kaminski, who was the director of photography for Schindler's List. (laughs) Spielberg's guy. So he's got a copy of the DVD now. So he has a copy of the DVD. Pretty much what I knew going into this day was that I was going to go to Malibu. I've never been on a feature film set in my life. Am I excited? Of course, but also didn't know what to expect. And I was also like brought in as like, hey, you have to meet with the director of photography and the director, Janusz Kaminski and Judd Apatow. So I was like courted the second I got there, like brought straight to where they were, like, you know, from base camp to ground zero, essentially. And uh, it was pretty insane. Like, and I also took a day off work, which was, you know, I mean, <laughs> that was cool. But uh so this is where we are. I uh, I head up to Malibu, and well, before I continue, Josh, do you have any questions? Yeah, at any point in time, did it cross your mind to be like, I need to bring my personal assistant, Mike Roach, along with me, yeah. or or did Roach find out about it that night, or like, how does Roach hear this little bit of info that you you finally got some some Jonah Hill work? Well, I was still living with Roach, but at this point, we were also living with his cousin and his girlfriend. <laughs> we moved from a one-bedroom apartment with three people to a one-and-a-half-bedroom apartment with four people, and uh, I had the half-bedroom. So I'm sure I told Roach all about it. I think at that point, and again, my memory is, you know, I'm sure if I dig into these emails deeper, I probably forwarded to Roach or I texted him or something, but like... I don't think at that point it was like, oh, we're going to go there and still sell Destroying Jonah Hill. I think it was more of like, oh, this could be a really cool opportunity. And also, one of the scenes we wrote for Destroying Jonah Hill that never made it into the actual short film was me going to an audition and sitting around a bunch of other Jonah Hills. 
or like standing in for him. And like the fact that that was kind of coming true was interesting. Yeah. I was going to say now with this, like your day one, like right on the, like right on the lot, like is I, I don't know the Hollywood lingo to even put these questions forward, but like, well, this wasn't on the lot. This was, um, this was a mansion in Malibu, California. So I was so going on location up, on location. Yes. I was going, and if you've ever seen Funny People, it's George Simmons's house, Adam Sandler's character's house. It's this big ass mansion, and you know, I, I I see in the email right here that she sent me a map. Let me see if the map gave me any context that I would be like at this like. Is it a, is it for MapQuest? No, it's like a production map. Yeah, so this kind of broke everything out, like crew parking, where the set was. So I was familiar with seeing stuff like this, the crew map from larger productions, from being like an actual PA on stuff like the Big Brother thing. And when I PA'd for Nickelodeon and just other jobs that I did when I first moved to L.A. But again, was never, ever on like a movie set. You know, I really have been thinking the last 24 hours how to like retell the story. And all I remember is driving out there. You had to park. Crew parking was really far away at like one of the beach parking lots. And then I had to get on a shuttle and take the shuttle to the base camp. And then when I got to base camp, I had to check in in one of the trailers. And then when I checked in in one of the trailers, I got in a golf cart and they took me to where they were filming. And then I sat outside this mansion with a guy who looked like Seth Rogen. So when you get there, like first day, do you have like early call time? And is this like like a big like a ton of people there immediately or like what's that like it was like i got there early enough early enough where i probably like was sitting in my car for a while and i got there probably around 10 11 o'clock and when they shuttled me from the parking lot to base camp which base camp uh, for anyone who doesn't know the movie lingo and maybe for Josh, who doesn't know what base camp is, it's the. But you did work on uh, the Dark Knight Rises, so I, I, I was a featured. I did is. two days of filming, yes, sir, yeah. on my uh, my the back of my head in Heinz yeah. Field for the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, forgive uh, me. I yeah, I had a base camp. Uh, I had a base camp. I had catering. I even talked to Chris Nolan. I gave oh, him a see? DVD that me and my friends had made. No. I think this is a spinoff podcast. Um, well, base camp for anyone else who doesn't know is like where like the production offices are, you know, where they're always mobile, of course, whether if they're on a lot or if they're on location. But in this situation, they were on location. So they were at one property in Malibu. And then down the road was the property of Adam Sandler's character, George Simmons, where they were filming and where the other stand ins like Seth Rogen stand in was hanging out outside. And yeah, it was like a little like town. People were just coming and going. And it was like what you see like in the in the movies, you know, you see like the wardrobe cart going by and a golf cart flying by. Yeah, it's like uh, like the base camp. The, the reason they call it base camp is just like when you summit, you know, it's like where you keep all your stuff. You know, you can't have everything where you're filming. It's where everybody and everything else has got to be at. So when I got to base camp, I, you know, was in a golf cart or I walked, you know, let's just say I was in a golf cart. I was 50, 50, but I'm leaning towards the golf cart, leaning towards the golf cart. They took me to the main house and I sat outside for a while 
And I don't remember the exact order, but I'm pretty sure since I was sitting outside for a while, I that is when I met Sandler. And it was crazy because, you know, I, I didn't really under... You know, I'm sure I looked up who the director of photography was and I saw it was Janusz Kaminski. I obviously knew that Judd Apatow was the director, but I didn't understand like... I didn't understand at the time like how it worked. Like, all right, so the PA will take you to the background PA and, or the set PA will take you to the background PA and this background PA will take you to the second, eight, second, second AD and the second, second AD will take you to the second AD and then the first AD and then you meet it. So it's just like you keep getting passed off to people and as I'm waiting for this one person to go inside to meet Janusz and Judd, Adam Sandler walks out and he's like on his like flip phone because it's 2008 and he's just like walking out and I, he looks at me and goes, Whoa, you do look like the guy. <laughs> and I said, Whoa, you do look like the guy. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I get it all the time. And I said, he goes, but you know, I go, you know, you're lucky for you. And this is like, I wasn't saying Jonah Hill was mean, but I was saying lucky for you. Like you look like a guy who's like just super cool. Like I was complimenting him for being him. And he goes, yeah, but you know, not all days are great. Blah, blah, blah. And you could tell he just was kind of in like a rotten mood, but we exchanged enough of a little bit that I feel like I cheered up Adam Sandler for a hot second. And uh, I think he just was really taken by how much I looked like Jonah Hill was when he looked out there, he's, as for a second thought I was him. That's probably refreshing. He was probably in a bad mood because he had just seen his own stand in and he's like, Oh Jesus, like this is what they think of me. And then he's like, he sees you. And then he's like, Oh, they got one for him, you know? And so maybe you did brighten his day a little and cheer him up. And you know, you don't get to do that often to even talk to Adam Sandler, let alone see him in a bad mood to cheer him up. So there I was chit-chatting with adam sandler hobnobbing with the sandman so to speak and uh they brought me into the house and at this point in my career i was really a behind the scenes i mean i'm still a behind the scenes guy but i was really involved with cameras and lighting because when i lived in pittsburgh i worked for like the commercial production team at kdka and uh it was like lighting and it was grip work so like i was so fascinated walking into the set and seeing like the real fucking deal. And it was just awesome. And I walk up and there's Janusz Kaminski in like, no, Apatow was first because Apatow was in Jim Umbro gym shorts and a polo t-shirt, like a polo shirt, like a three button polo. Um, you can look up probably a picture of Apatow right now. Like just Google, like what does Judd Apatow look like right now? And that's probably exactly what he's wearing. <laughs> so like, it was like perfect. And he goes, Hey, I'm Judd. And all that went through my mind at that moment was like, we have spent the last year wanting this. I've wanted this moment. It wasn't like he invited me to his office to talk to Troy and Jonah Hill it was I was there to interview for a job and I knew I couldn't be walking, throwing around DVDs and shit. And I went in and I shook his hand and I met him and then he walks me over to Janusz Kaminski and Janusz Kaminski says, he goes, he's not as good looking as him, but he'll do. <laughs> not as I'm, good like, like right in front of you is the, the place to say that kind of thing too. He's not as good looking, but he'll do. It's like, yeah, Jonah's not there. Like, who are we trying to impress? So 
Uh, at that moment, they shuffled me out of the house and back into the golf cart and or walk <laughs> into the production office. Probably got some type of like stipend for being there that day. And then I remember getting back to my car at the beach parking and calling Wendy and her being like, I need you to come up because I wasn't SAG at the time. So I needed to go up and, and I wasn't registered with Central Casting either. And that's why I wish I remember how I came across the Central Casting post. Maybe we'll think about that and I'll figure it out off off the air. But I drove up to Burbank through the Malibu Hills and all I kept thinking was, this is it, baby. I am Hollywood. I'm going to walk into that casting agency and they're going to take one look at me and they're going to be like, not as handsome. You make fun. Do. You make fun. But to walk into central casting and skip the line, something that you have to go to like certain times of day, like, and just to go and sit in someone's office and to be put into their system and not have to pay and not have to go through all the bullshit that people go through when they move to LA was so cool. I imagine that like if you walk by any time you're in a line of people and somebody walks by and like goes straight and gets like served, you're like, Oh, that was somebody. So to do that in LA, like as a Jonah Hill lookalike, I'm sure some people on the line probably thought you were Jonah Hill. Yeah. Or yeah, I mean, I guess it probably just depends on how new you were to LA, which in that case, most people probably did think I was Jonah Hill. So in the next episode, we're going to talk more about the stand-ins that I worked with, my experience on set, because ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't figured it out, Janusz loved me, Judd loved me, Wendy Walbrook loved me, Central Casting booked me. I was going to Sony lot in a couple weeks to be Jonah Hill stand-in. All right. Well, that's it for episode five of My Life as a Celebrity Lookalike. I'm Steven Sims along with Josh Larkin. Thanks so much for listening. Josh, what do we got coming up on episode six? Yeah, well, I was selfish this week. I don't want to be that kind of person. So next week, we're joined by Eric Tustanegi, who was a stand-in uh, with you on Funny People. I'm not sure who Eric was doing. Do you remember I think Eric was Riza's stand-in. But yeah, we're going to have Eric stop by. And Eric's going to talk a little bit about what it was like, you know, what it's like to be an actor in Hollywood, what it's like to be a stand-in. He's now in New York, uh, how he got set up there. And of course, how his working relationship with me went and uh, where that all went to. And I, I mean, Josh, I know you know what happened, but listen, the audience needs to tune in next week. I'm curious to hear Eric's recollection because I know like – as we've continued, the bits and pieces that I've been able to watch of funny people still not made it the whole way through. Uh, but the bits and pieces, I know that there's not a whole lot of interaction between Jonah and Riza. So I'm curious to hear how Eric's reflection is on that outside the scenes of just you. Like, you know, if he heard the whispers uh, of you. Yeah, I'm curious, too. And we're going to dive into that with Eric, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And we got two more episodes after that, and that's it, folks. So thanks so much for tuning in to Episode 5 of My Life as a Celebrity Lookalike. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you kids do these days. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are available. Josh, great seeing you, bud. Yeah, you as always. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is my life as a celebrity lookalike. We'll see you next week. Bye for now.